Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Luke Switzkowski and Mark Grignon about key trends in HR operations in the workday industry. Luke and Mark, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thanks, John. Yeah, it is a pleasure to be with both of you today. I'm super excited to have a nice conversation around the key changes and trends in the HR operations space and within the workday industry. We're going to be talking about those significant changes and trends, um, both you know as we've seen happening over the last couple of years, but also looking into the future and looking into 2022 and beyond. As we get started, I wanted to share Luke and Mark's bio with everybody. As one of the founders of Cognitive, Luke Switzkowski lives and breathes Workday. He understands that going live with Cognitive's new system is just the first step in a long partnership with Workday and its ecosystem. Implementations are fast and furious with work like reports, dashboards, and knowledge transfer often postponed until after a go live. Starting Cognitive gave Luke the space to find and implement a consulting model that made sense logistically and validated his theories on its structure while fostering a work culture fueled on collective team successes and never-ending support for one another. Mark Grignon oversees the firm's fleet of consultants and manages all sales and business development. Prior to launching Cognitive in 2016, he spent five years managing the Workday post-production support department at Meteorax, acquired by IBM. He has nearly a decade of experience providing Workday support to Fortune 500 companies and specializes in advanced compensation and security. He holds a BA in entrepreneurship from Suffolk University and grew up in Detroit. Uh, And I know, Mark, you're joining us from Tahoe. Uh, Luke, are you there as well? No, I'm actually on the East Coast, just outside of Boston, Mass. Outside of Boston. Wonderful. And I'm joining you from uh, south of Salt Lake City in Utah. So we're kind of all over the place. Great to be with all of you. Before we launch into the conversation, um, maybe we can start with Luke and then Mark. Anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background or personal context? I think the one thing that we can say is that Mark and I have both been consultants, basically most of our professional lives, if not all of it. And so the company that we've built and the services that we provide have all come from a consultant background. Uh, we're, we were never professional managers before we started Cognitive or anything like that. So um, I think you might find that refreshing that, that you know, the way we built our company is basically bottoms up, um, starting with just two people that did project work. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And Mark? Yeah, no, that, that's a great point. I'll also say, I think one of the things we're going to end up talking about, uh, sort of almost a bigger trend than necessarily HR workday, just sort of this on-demand model and the way that we bill 
our clients is very unique specifically to the workday world, but I think lots of consulting companies and lots of industries, uh, similar story. Uh, and, and we sort of see this as a early trend, right? <laughs> that, that everyone will be doing it this way eventually. Uh, they just don't know it yet. Um, so, you know, it's sort of a larger consulting trend, I think in general, or professional services trend, even maybe not even consulting. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think, I th- think professional services, absolutely. And, and certainly consulting. Um, I really appreciate that insight as well. So as we get started, um, also maybe Luke and Mark, both of you can chime in, of course, as you're both co-founders, but tell us a little bit more about cognitive, um, the, really the, the driving force behind that. Why did you start um, that firm, and and then we can get into some of these changes and key trends. Yeah, I think we started Cognitive because I think we're always passionate about the post-production services space, specifically in the workday space. Um, I think it's a, usually an overlooked area because all the focus is on deployments, um, but a lot of client successes are actually happening after they go live. So you, you stand up your workday system or whatever HR system, you know, you want to think of, there's so much to do afterwards um, that, uh, you know, just having a helping hand here and there, and even someone to do bigger projects is really, really helpful. And having kind of this frictionless relationship with minimal red tape, you just kind of pick up the phone and call us whenever you need that. I think that really fosters a nice working environment for both the client, you know, and ourselves. So that's, that's really why we, we built it. Um, the company rather, uh, we never really expected to be where we are today after let's say five years, because uh, we started with just two people and now we have close to 130 and over 200 workday customers that work with us every every day. Um, but that's what we're passionate about and, and we, we just love this space. Yeah, no, and, and, and to a certain degree, this started you know, prior to starting Cognitive in the sense of uh, you know, our last company, Meteorix, which you just mentioned, uh, was one of the first sort of boutique workday consulting companies. And back when Luke and I got started in the workday ecosystem, there were very few clients. I want to say there was probably, we were in the hundreds, you know, 100, 200 clients, roughly workday live at that time. Now there's 4,500 or 5,000 close to, right? So uh, really early on in the ecosystem. And to Luke's point, the sort of production support side was overlooked uh, and, and it became sort of an obvious opportunity, uh, let's call it, where, where Luke and I sort of sat down and said, look, we want to focus on this. And, and so we started that department at the prior company. Um, now, to Luke's point, everyone really focuses on deployments and that's really still true today. And with Workday's model being a SaaS application, uh, the goal really is to get people live faster, faster, faster. And so more and more and more becomes post go live. Um, so uh, it's just one of those things that uh, was very obvious uh, that there was going to be a huge market. And this was really going to be a big opportunity that for <laughs> a variety of reasons, people decide not to pay attention to, um, which again, is sort of interesting. And, and I know, probably eight years ago when we when we first had this conversation Luke and I uh, we were both I think nervous we need to do this now or someone else is gonna you know do this and and it's still one of those things that gets overlooked which surprises me still to this day it's like yeah yeah Yeah, well very very good and and perhaps we can uh, step back for just a moment I I suspect I would hope that many listeners are, are familiar with 
um, you know, the workday ecosystem as you describe it, but um, I, I suspect some aren't. So perhaps uh, you can explain that the ecosystems uh, briefly and, and simply uh, for us, and then we can move into talking more about really how it's utilized within organizations and get into these changes in, in key trends. Sure. So, I mean, we can definitely speak to that because Cognitive is a very proud and happy Workday customer itself. So um, we we bought Workday um, last year and deployed it. So the way that works is when you purchase Workday, you get assigned a deployment partner. So that's either Workday themselves or one of their partners that, um, you know, are part of the Workday ecosystem. It's, a, it's an extremely closed ecosystem. There's, you know, a limited number of partners um, it's not like hundreds and hundreds of companies that, that are in this thing. It's, it's a few dozen, actually. Um, and then you, once you are deployed, then, you know, I guess in terms of options of what you do afterwards, you know, the kind of, uh, that opens up a little bit. So you can stick with a deployment partner that maybe specializes in the post-production space. Or what we see a lot also is um, the independent consultant market is very, very, prominent right now, actually in any space, not just Workday. So a lot of companies turn to independent consultants and contractors that they trust that they want to work with, you know, short-term and long-term. And you can also, you know, kind of go outside the ecosystem, if you will, and engage in a company like with, with company like Cognitive. Um, There are other firms um, like us in this space where they're not an official Workday deployment partner, but they do play in the Workday space. So we're not really the only ones. Uh, but that's basically the the workday journey and, and then how that plays out. Um, in terms of you know our deployment, you know we were deployed by Workday themselves, so that, that like I said, that that's an option. So Workday professional services can be involved and, and deployed for you. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Okay, so with all this foundation laid, uh, let's let's talk now about uh, some of those significant changes and key trends that you see in the workday space, uh, in HR operations, uh, both, you know, in leading up to where we're at today, but also moving into the future 2022 and beyond. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think one of the, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things to look at, but, um, I think that the, one of the primary trends definitely is there's kind of a, a refocus on, let's say efficiency of operation and just efficiency of systems or whatever your stack is of systems, uh, simply because as we get kind of, as the, as the world changes and we become, let's say, more remote, more skill focused, companies really need to adapt quickly to make sure that they have everything in place operationally so that they can be more nimble maybe than before. Um, and we see that kind of across the board uh, with, our, with our customer base. What I mean by that is, uh, you know, things that used to maybe take, you know, 10 days, 15 days, 30 days can no longer take that long to, to execute on. Um, you really have to be able to pivot uh, quickly as a, as a company in order, so you don't miss out, right? I think the great uh, resignation and kind of the whole remote situation that we're in with the pandemic is a great case in point where for companies that are refusing to let people work remotely, they're just simply losing out on talent. And there's really no... I mean, there's no nice way to say it in that it's not yeah. the smartest decision, unless unless you're in an industry where you have to have people like in a factory floor or, or present, you know, at, at so a site. Let, um, let's talk about that for yeah. a minute, because that's something I, I talk to a lot of people um, and 
I think most, the, the vast majority of, of leaders, HR people um, that I talk to would, would echo what you're saying. Um, but there are still those that are resistant and they just, they're really, they're sick and tired of what they call the entitled, um, you know, labor market. And they want people back in person and they're frustrated that people won't come back. And it, it kind of blows my mind. I, I honestly, <laughs> I don't really yeah. get it. So why, why do you think, what, what's the cause of this resistance? Why aren't people willing, you know, especially over the last two years, I yeah. mean, goodness so, gracious, I understand people maybe being resistant pre-pandemic, but we've been living it for two years now. And, and like, certainly people must have realized it's, it's very doable. Yeah, I think, so let me, let me, I guess, address the entitled part, because I think that kind of when, when, when we hear, I hear, when I hear that, I, I kind of like, you know, flinch a little bit, because I think that's a very strong word. Um, so cognitive, since the very beginning was a remote first company. Because for us, to, in order to be successful, we knew we'd, we had to have the best talent possible, which what meant to us is that we weren't going to have geography or logistics be a barrier to fantastic talent if the work can be done, you know, on a computer, right? So there's really no point in that. And the kind of the, the counter argument that I have to, let's say, those that are still resistant is, you know, what the pandemic has done is it led a lot of people to reflect and really calculate how valuable their time is. So if you've been commuting to work, let's say an hour, an hour and a half, one way, there are some people that do that, um, certainly in, in like large metro areas where, where traffic is high. You know, you add that up, that's 10 hours a week of time that, okay, you, you know, there's only so many books of, on tape or podcasts you can listen to. And maybe people are like, you know what, I'm not willing to sacrifice that time anymore, right? Um, or, or I want to live closer with, with families and, and that's no longer a, a negotiable thing that I'm willing to give up, right? So I don't think it's a entitlement thing. I think it's just people reprioritizing what's important in their lives. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue. What some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There's no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of our problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. You know, if if that means that they're going to say no to travel to work every day or an office, then they're willing to do that. And and what they and what that has shown though is is for those who are resistant to that change is that they end up losing out on the talent, right? Because um, it's definitely happened at cognitive where 
you know, I talked to candidates and I basically asked like, why are you applying here? Like your resume looks fantastic. You're crushing your career where you're at. And, you know, they'll say, well, I'm being asked to go back in the office and it's a non-starter for me. So I guess, yeah, you know, yeah. we get to win it, in that regard. It, yeah, it's hard to yeah, rationalize that, because we've been remote forever. So for us, yeah. it just makes sense. So when, when, when we hear about people just putting their foot down, it's very hard. I mean, I think there's some sort of obvious financial, you know, reasons people own big offices and are paying for them and want people using them. I mean, I think there, there's something to that, like right. for sure. And there's also probably some people that them themselves have to go back to the office or feel like it. And therefore, if I have to be here, everyone else should be here. Right. Um, and there's, there's probably somewhat uh, of that attitude uh, as well. But I mean, to, to Luke's point, I don't think it really matters because it's going to shake itself out because people are right. just going to leave those places and, and they'll have to get with it or they'll literally tank their business. Um, so it's going to, it's going to work itself out. The fact the pandemic lasted as long as it have, the, the ship has sailed, right? Like you could have made an argument after six months that we needed to go back, but after two years, people aren't going to want to hear it. Right. It's just that everyone's moved their lives. I mean, I'm a prime example. I was in the Bay area now I'm in Tahoe you're not convincing me to go back to San Francisco. It's just not going to happen. Right. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's many, 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 many uh, other people. I mean, it's completely shifted the real estate markets, obviously you yeah. yourself in Salt Lake, right. Another place that that's, that's seen a boom because of this. Yep, uh, yep. So it, it's just not going to go back. People value their time more to Luke's point. People have been able to reevaluate their lives and go, what have I been doing for the, for the last 10 years? Yep. Right. Like this is crazy. I'm never doing that again. Even if I have to make a little less money, it's worth it. Right. Yeah. Um, and I don't think anybody ever like goes into retirement. Um, saying to themselves, man, I wish I worked an extra 10 hours a week, right? Like yeah. during my career, that that almost never happens. So um, I think I think it's a it's like almost like a natural rebalancing um, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and honestly, we're seeing it because we do work, they support, right? So our clients ask us to do compensation or relocating or new locations that they're building, so on and so forth. And we've seen a number of our clients get into initiatives, right, around getting people back to the office or or not, right? Um, and I mean, I think I think it's somewhat industry uh, specific to the point Luke made. There's maybe more old school mentality industries that are just going to be a little more stubborn, I, I, I think, than others. Uh, but it, yeah, I mean, it's going to shake itself out. Everyone's just going to go somewhere else. Uh, yeah, and, and we think that the next phase of this, so, you know, if you look at just the U.S., right, it's like, yeah. you know, so we are in 30 states employee-wise, but we also have a presence in Canada and India. We think this is going to be a global trend uh, soon mm -hmm. enough where companies are going to find talent where talent is, um, and that's going to be the priority for, for even something like as specific as workday because it is a very specific skill set you know there's it's not like hundreds of thousands of workday consultants in the world it's it's tens of thousands uh maybe um it's it's very niche right so uh you know you're gonna go where, where the talent is and 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 i think because of that specialization and for for any individual that is in a specialty field whether that's you know <clears throat> accounting or you know, statistics or, or, or data and analysis, you know, you get to, you're going to get to pick where you work um, because the companies will hire you uh, because yeah. they need those skill sets. 
I mean, time zones is really the only barrier. You know, we have yeah. to deal with customers. So people have to be on the phone at certain times a day like that. You're not getting around. Uh, but ultimately, if you're good at your job, you're good at your job. I don't care where you live. To Luke's point, it's not a now I can hire someone in a different state. It's going to be a, I can hire someone anywhere in the world. And so many companies have started uh, that are helping with this. Right. I mean, this is the new wave of technology is basically how can people work anywhere uh, and companies like remote, for example, who we've talked to are allowing you to hire in countries you're not established in already and, and, and things like that, breaking down barriers to entry, right. To, to working globally, you know, that is the next phase of this, right. It's not, it's not just a, I can live anywhere in the U S thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. So definitely the trend has been towards more and more distributed workforce. So whether we're talking about um, a hybrid environment or a fully virtual workspace, uh, the the reality is these geographic barriers have been broken down, at least in many, if not most organizations, there are still those lagging um, organizations and resistant leaders, but but we continue to move forward in that way. And you've already referred to uh, Mark a little bit about what, how, how you at Cognitive and, and using uh, Workday, how, how you are assisting organizations to do this, to, to make that transition. Maybe you can speak a little bit more specifically to that and what, what specifically you're doing to help. Well, I mean, ultimately, you know, all of our customers managing their workforce and Workday you know, it could be a variety of different things, but maybe actually the best example is with Rooster, the product that we created around interview scheduling, because that's a huge shift. You know, a lot of companies doing lots of interviews in person, obviously that hasn't happened, right? So there's been a huge shift towards remote interviewing, for example. Uh, and, you know, our product actually was timed very well for, for that, uh, you know, shift where, you know, people are setting, obviously, like Zoom lit on fire, right? Everyone had Zoom accounts for the first time or WebExes or whatever the case may be. Um, and so a lot of organizations scrambling to figure out how to make that work where they had only ever interviewed someone in the office. Uh, and that required changes to their workday, business processes and configuration and notifications, people using SMS to text message people where maybe that wasn't something that they were doing before. New communication channels were about to use WhatsApp for that as well for some of the international employees. Um, and just the way people are having to communicate. Again, I think one of the things we've always noticed as a remote organization is communication needs to be like double and triple, you know, as good as if you are in person. And I think that's something that organizations are, you know, struggling with or grappling with uh, as well. And just, you know, however you can get to them. Right? Is it Slack, your home base? Is it, is it text messaging? Is it Workday? Is people's home bases sometimes? Is it ServiceNow? Is it whatever place? Uh, everyone's trying to get that sort of employee experience portal so everyone can feel like they're part of the family, even though we're all sitting in our living rooms. Yeah. Right? Like that's a real problem, actually. It's not easy to do either. It's, it, there are advantages to being in person. Right. Like as a remote company, we can actually admit that. Right. There is something to being in person for sure. Uh, but I think ultimately the pros outweigh the cons, I guess. But there are cons. Right. There is advantage being in front of somebody's face. Right. Yeah. And, and I think even um, something as simple as self-service. Right. And, and mobile usage of an application. I think Workday 
was definitely way ahead of everybody else in terms of kind of being mobile first for a lot of transactions and things like that. And even though, you know, self-service for both employees and managers has been around for 15 years now, technically, you know, the rate of adoption of these technologies within organizations is maybe not as fast as people think. And, And what this kind of remote environment has done is it kind of accelerated that, right? So if my workforce is going to work in a distributed way, I need to find ways for them to engage in a distributed model so that they can be engaged with the people in the process and the systems. So we're definitely seeing, you know, an uptick in just companies kind of going like, okay, fine, we will finally allow managers to do XYZ transactions and initiate them on their own without having to go to an HR partner or a comp partner or whatever. And that's that's been accelerating um, for sure, um, especially in the last year and a half, two years. Yeah, and that's actually interesting too, like how people are measuring things, right? Like you used to see someone do something in the office, right? So you knew what was happening. Now it's, well, how do I know you're even doing stuff, right? So people are measuring, are you actually logging into the system? Are you doing your job through self-service to Luke's point? Are you what's actually happening. I have to measure what you're doing. I can't just be the water cooler hero, right? That everyone likes in the office. I actually have to do something, right? Um, And so people are measuring a lot more than they used to as well. That's that's also true. Like the reporting has has gotten into usage and, and who's doing stuff and not just sort of the end result, right? Which which is kind of interesting yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well very good. Luke and Mark, it has just been a pleasure. I note the time and I, it, the time has flown by. I'm going to have to let you go here in just a minute. Sure. Um, we could go on and on and on. But before we close for today, and you're welcome back anytime, we can continue the conversation. But before we close today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about uh, your organization, your team, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Sure. So I'll let the Mark do the final word, but you can find us at cognitiveinc.com. That's K-O-G-N-I-T-I-V-I-N-C.com. That's our website. And then if you're interested in, you know, interview scheduling and assistance in that area, our product is called Rooster and that's at rooster.us. Easy name to remember. So Mark, feel free to give the final word. Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately we talked a lot about just remote work specifically. And, you know, again, as far as final word is concerned, I, I, I do think it's it's one of those things that's not going away, right? So like anybody that feels like, you know, coronavirus is going to disappear and therefore I'm going to be able to get everybody back to the office is is kidding themselves. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I it's just one of those things that you got to get with it. You got to get on that train or, or you're going to get left behind ultimately. Yeah, I think it's really that simple, which is going to be good for us. Ultimately, I'm waiting for people not to get on the train actually so that we can start <laughs> poaching people from them. So yeah, it's one of those things that people need to get with it or, or, or you're not doing yourselves any favors, right? Yeah. You, you Adapt just, or die. Right? Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Well, very good. Luke and Mark, it has been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what you can do for them. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. 
Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.